Hi, this is Josie Cotton, and you're listening to Rock at Night. Is this Sharice? Yes, this this is Sharice. Is this Josie? It sure is. How are you? I'm so happy to speak with you, honestly. Uh, I wanted to talk about a few different things. uh, Sure. So I'll give you a heads up uh, about the uh, release of Everything is Oh Yeah. I've listened to every song. Okay. And uh, I'd like to talk, too, about... um, I'm so interested in your look, your style. <laughs> oh, <ha>. thank you. <laughs> Fashion and and all that. Uh, you and um, so and also uh, you've got the 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 new single out, Ukrainian Cowboy. Right, uh, right. Uh, first of all, you Ukrainian Cowboy. Uh, was that just recently written, or is that from the archives from years ago? Oh no, no, no! I I wrote that uh, this year. Yeah. Now, when you wrote that this year, was that um, with in mind that everything, oh, yeah, was going to be released? Well, um, everything seems to be happening simultaneously right now. So I really couldn't control uh, this series of events uh, that was, uh, they were on route, and I, I didn't want to stop anything midstream. Uh, there was another single that came out in Spain, and then and there was this single, and I was so excited about the new single, the Ukrainian Cowboy and um, Cold War Spy, and um, that was that was important to me, and really meant a lot to me to get that out there, something new bef- before I I dredged up you know, like the 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 past so you know heavily um, from another time really so. Um, I was trying to beat the the release of that record, uh, Everything is Oh Yeah, for sure. Are you going to have any videos for Everything is Oh Yeah come out? Well, there there is a there is a little video. Uh, it was a little lyric video we made a while back uh, for the for the title song, um, and then we are going to do a, a a real video. Um, because that's this is kind of like toy stick figures, like <laughs> really funny <laughs> Japanese. Uh, but I, lo- I mean, I love everything. Everything Japanese is all right with me, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're gonna do. Uh, it's been tricky to figure out how to do a video for this record, though, because it was recorded 30 years ago, and we can't really do a performance of it because of those are none of the original players, and. Um, so we were trying to come up with some clever way to, uh, to make it make sense, which is, I still don't know what that's going to be, but we're going to do something. That was one of my questions. You're having a release party on October 5th, and, uh, 
it said in uh, one of the press releases that you're going to be performing a few of the songs. Yeah. Do, do you even remember them? I mean... Well, you know, when we remix, we, when Paul and I found, uh, he's my, my partner in the recording studio we have, uh, have had forever, and um, um, when we found these, these two-inch 24 tracks, which were unmarked, and we didn't really know what they were, and, um, but uh, when I realized uh, that there was this record I really thought was lost, and we had to remix everything and uh, became very intimately uh, involved in uh, every single nuance of my vocals and all the instruments. So I relearned the songs and, as we were mixing them. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, how I'm, uh, I'm able to uh, attempt to do this. <laughs> The whole thing is so intriguing to me that 30 years later an album is being released. It's almost like a time capsule. It is. It is so much like that. I almost called it Lost in Space because, <laughs> because it really, really was a thing I thought was, um, you know, just uh, gone. It was one of the natural disasters in California or, uh, you know, some odd thing you know that could have happened to them in various studios and storage places and garages and mm -hmm. so uh, it was kind of amazing um to realize that it was intact and and the tapes were in perfect condition that was wow. what was so crazy we baked them for two days you have to you know, at a very low temperature, you bake the tapes or else they turn into mush when you're when you're um you know playing them and we had to go to a certain place that still had the two inch reels and um, bake them and then transfer them and and, um, and then we had them and it, it's like you couldn't tell that they were that old it was, it was quite amazing there was no degradation of the sound which was strange and um, yeah it was uh, I, I, I described it in this one interview uh, it was like you have a cat, uh, your favorite cat is mm -hmm. gone for years and years and it comes back and you don't know why or how, but you're so happy and amazed. It's like reanimated. <laughs> it's like reanimation. I love those movies too, but uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I guess yeah. Some zombies are big nowadays. I, it just kinda... always, they've always been big with me. I've, always, yeah. I've never met a zombie I didn't like. <laughs> Well, you were in that movie Nomads, right? So. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was dead. I I think that's what the director told me. We were dead Eskimos, but I never knew what that meant. <laughs> we, something odd. Speaking of Nomads, are, are you friends with Adam Ant? Because because he was in it, or do you even keep in touch? Yeah, with him? no. I mean, uh, I guess it's true about movie sets that you know once the movie's over, all your relationships are finished uh, yeah. it's a cliche I've always heard <laughs> it happened with that movie too um, and I actually ran into Mary Warnoff and she acted like she had never seen me in her life and I don't know if that's <laughs> that's her personality or if she really forgot or mm -hmm. so um, uh, yeah it's and then John McTiernan I mean God he became gigantic um, mm -hmm. director you know all the uh, the movies with um, 
Bruce Willis, the True. um yeah, so and Pierce Bros Brosnan, I mean And Pierce Brosnan, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's just kind of funny. That's kind of a cult film. But um not to not to uh deviate too much back to everything is oh yeah. You know, I listen I listen to the whole thing and I guess I love it because it's so sixty, some of the songs are sixty, some are rockabilly. Your rendition of The Night Before with Brian Setzer is so much fun. I wish you'd release that as a single. You know, that when I, when I heard that song, when we were listening back to everything, uh, we had, uh, there were rough mixes. When I heard that, I knew, I knew this was going to be a, a record I could be proud of because I, I thought that sounded pretty great myself. I mean, it's audacious to do a Beatles cover. I, yeah. I don't even remember whose idea it was, but, uh, and to do it rockabilly and, um, uh, and then have Brian sing on it. And he did such an amazing job. I mean, this guy went out there and in one take, he did four part harmonies wow. in the, in the craziest chords you've ever heard. And he knew what they were. Uh, I, I don't even know, you know, how he was doing what he was doing, but mm -hmm. My jaw was dropped down to the ground, you know, when he was singing. It was something. Uh, a couple other songs are really Motown-ish. Uh, Fine As You Are has a really... Yeah, yeah. And Here Comes My Baby, very, almost like Ronnie Spector kind of Motown feel. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun. Well, you know, it's we were. I guess on that song we were really mixing up uh, genres, and there's also mariachi horns on there. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I always loved that song, and uh, you know, Cat Stevens song, and so uh, it was just one of the things we had thrown together. And 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 honestly, there were a couple of different producers involved in this record, so there it it, it you know went. Uh, for a whole year, I was at different studios and with a couple of different producers and whatnot. And so I, I was um, uh, just putting different styles of music together that probably had no business <laughs> knowing each other. But uh, I just always loved a variety of styles. And so I, I just indulged myself on this one um, completely. There is there is a nice variety. Even the song "Money," uh, I could see myself jitterbugging to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pure uh, it's pure rockabilly that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, "Hand Over Your Heart" to me sounds like something they play at a fifties dance. Yeah, it's uh, there's it definitely has that element to that. Yeah. Now. Listening to all this and then looking at your the style, the way you look, uh, makes me think of Wanda Jackson and even the song Love's Love. You almost sound like Dolly Parton, kind of. Well, you know, I'm from Texas. And that's and, what I uh, thought. Yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 I rejected all things country and western when I was in Dallas because... My mom was such a gigantic Tammy Wynette fan. She was in her fan club, and I, it, it never stopped playing in my house oh my when I was growing up. So I went all British Invasion and um, uh, went a totally different 
direction. And it wasn't until I came to L.A. and my producers, they said, you have to listen to Tammy Wynette and Wanda Jackson. <laughs> and I went, oh, come on. And they were going, yeah, you, it, those, those women, you can learn a thing or two from those singers and those songwriters. Um, and uh, I did, and I, I totally fell in love with uh, that style of singing. I, I, uh, it came pretty natural, i got to say. <laughs> My accent came back fast. <laughs> you, you have no accent now. <laughs> I get, yeah. You, you've been in LA. I know. I, yeah. I, 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 uh, I remember deciding really young that I didn't want an accent. Uh, I had my mom sounded like Dolly Parton and my grandmother sounded like Betty Davis, and I went, I'm going with Betty Davis. <laughs> really, really young. I didn't want, Kathleen, y'all come on around like that. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so at least I had a choice. So when did you leave Dallas to go to L.A.? Well, I left there in, um, you know, pretty much the, you know, right at 1980-ish, you know? Mm-hmm. It was right around the time I came. Right before, I mean, right before I met my producers and uh, the Payne brothers, and I really came out to be a songwriter. I, I really wasn't trying to be a singer um, at all. Well, your whole look and your whole style has always been retro. Uh, who are you? Is there anybody you're trying to emulate or someone you know, movie star, or whatever? Gosh, uh, I mean, I, 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 there's different iconic f- figures that I, I go to, I guess. Um, I mean, I always thought Gina Lola Brigida was, uh, you know, she was uh, a really hot tamale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she was fabulous, and um, um, I, you know, the Ronettes. I, I thought they were just, you know, incredible, uh, you know, visual and. I just saw. Uh, we saw Nancy Sinatra was a uh, just a fashion icon, uh, you know, of her day. And um, I guess that those, you know, you know, maybe some Russ Meyer, Tourist Titana kind of thrown in. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Gina Lala Brigida because I was looking at some of your old pictures and videos, and she came to mind when. Oh. Yeah. I definitely see you channeling her. I even think Liz Taylor. Well, I uh, my mom always said that, but, you know, she's my mom, so oh, you, you can't really... <laughs> you look a lot like her, and even Suzanne Plachette came to mind. Oh, you know who I've heard more than anybody, though? It's so funny, is, uh, you remember Bewitched, um, the, the, the main gal? She had a... Uh, an a evil sister. twin. Yes. Who, yeah. Yes. She, yeah. And she w- and she would like played guitar and she Serena. had dark short hair. Wasn't her yeah. name Serena? I remember. <laughs> so people have sent me videos and I look just like her. <laughs> so no, funny. That's a that, that's funny because you kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I would be that character. <laughs> And that's why I love your look and everything. Just, just out of curiosity, when I, whenever I see people look retro, are you like that in what we call real life? I mean, is your home decorated like that? And do you? Look, oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Uh huh. I let's talk I, about uh, that. 
<laughs> sure, yeah. I um I've been collecting mid century uh furniture, you know, as long as I um you know, have been conscious of, you know, interior design and whatnot and um and I just uh I love you know, all of that, sixties, seventies and um and then also I collect a whole lot of Asian um uh stuff, not necessarily art but you know, just um kitschy, odd mm-hmm. Japanese things and and uh and, you know, Bruce Lee uh, mm-hmm. memorabilia and Mao Zedong. I don't Ooh. know. Wow. <laughs> I have, you know, his um his actual tea set that he made but Holy cow. um yeah, really crazy. And I'm just obsessed with all things Asian. It doesn't matter what part of Asia. Uh I I love it and um and uh you know there's a little bit of my mom's influence which was very uh french uh, bordello <laughs> kind of oh. <laughs> so i have a little bit Velvet. yeah there's a little bit of that but you know it, but what's funny about modern design and modern furniture to me is so much of it is stolen from the 60s it's mm-hmm. it's like something that's called modern now it was called modern in the 60s, so they were futuristic, you know, designers. They were designing into the future and didn't know it. And now it, people just don't even realize where all this fantastic Italian furniture comes from. Well, they stole it from the mm-hmm. 60s. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. And, and the 50s, the whole... Um kind of astro, spacey look, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the uh-huh. wallpaper, the way it was. and Yeah, Sputnik and all that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I'm into the mid-century furniture myself. That's... Yeah. No, I love that. But I don't think, I don't see anything too current, unless it's like Japanese. Uh, I don't see anything I totally love. You know that's modern. <laughs> Don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's out there, uh, I would I would like it, but mm-hmm. I I can't seem to find anything. You know that's as cool as what has gone before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of. You well, know like, how I view the world. If if you were to let's say go out to the grocery store, do you dress campy and like? Or do you like look like a regular person? This is this was just oh. out of curiosity. Well, I mean, I would I I'd say I, I have a little bit of fashion damage. I'm I'm uh, uh, I mean my my friends they tease me because you know they uh, they say I'm like Clark Kent because I wear I do wear kind of you know uh, uh, like a lot of jumpsuits and like mm-hmm. and uh, you know and uh, and caps and big glasses and you know, kind of masculine, like, mm-hmm. combat boots. I mean, I love that look, too. <laughs> I love I love to do, uh, go out like that. And uh, But then, like, you know, I go out other times in, at night, and I'm, you know, it's all like, uh, you know, 60s go-go girl, you know, I don't know, meets, uh, uh, you know, a French chanteuse. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> just kind of all over the place. <laughs> That's, I, I just find it fascinating because I... I mean, I love the, your look, the whole kitschy thing, and uh, the mod, and your your videos and stuff, and uh, I, Thanks I just so really, that's why I want, I, I don't know if other people talk about it in interviews, but I just 
really like your look. So. Did you did you see the uh, see the new Hong Kong video? The uh, uh, which I saw the, Ukra the Ukrainian cowboy one. Oh yeah, yeah. The one that's the same director did one. I uh, a song I I did called "See the New Hong Kong," and it, it's it's all Asian. It's all crazy Asian. <laughs> oh, I need I need to see that because uh, yeah, it's I, a good one. I was I was kind of looking through the collection there. Uh, now that you have this, it's funny when we say new album, it's like a new old album coming out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to react when I hear <laughs> yeah. that too, like new album, like ugh. Yeah, it's just like uh, pulling it out of the archives, but man, I, I really love it. Uh, any plans to tour or do anything like that? To do what? To tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we, have, we have a bunch of shows coming up, uh, actually, and... Um, I started doing, I, I managed to not do them all this time, but I've, I just started this summer doing some of these 80s uh, shows. Um, was, I was going to do the uh, Like Totally Festival. It was uh, and at the beach, uh, but it got canceled. But Johnny Lydon was going to be on it. Oh, I, I was love so excited. Him. Yeah. I know. It was his like, first tour. and I had met him, you know, uh, recently this punk documentary and he was so cool he was just uh, in, in, just insanely smart and charming and, and a, a, you know you know just really almost abusive in a really funny way <laughs> I loved it very British but um, so anyway but I've, I've started doing I've done a few of these shows now and um, I mean I, I you know you they only really let you do a few songs and uh, of your hits and so a little for me it's frustrating because we're getting ready to release all my all my records that nobody really heard that i that i've been making um you know in between the time of everything so mm -hmm. yeah I, I made like five records and um but um they were not really uh done in the proper way of a of a record label because i put them out myself I, mm -hmm. and uh so, uh, so I'm going to be needing to do um, a lot of shows locally, and they're saying we were supposed to do the Greek next oh. next summer, and they're saying, well, you can't perform for five months before the Greek, and um, and that's right, and that's 2020, and that's right when I'm releasing all of my records, including I'm getting the rights back to my first two records from because uh, it was that 30 year. Um, you know, um, if you if you call it in um, in time, you you get your masters back. Oh and, wow! Um, yeah, so I'm getting those are the only masters that I don't own. I, I've I, you know, I've always had a recording studio, and I've made my own records, and I, I did whatever I wanted, uh, which was great. I was able to really uh, explore a lot of different you know sides of music that I wouldn't have gotten to had I stayed in the system so I'm just um, I'm torn between going before thousands of people who love you so much that they're like uh, they're like 5,000 puppies who just oh, love yeah. you, you know? yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and it's really sweet and it's touching and it means it means so much to them in their lives and and um, and it's connected to their lives and so they bring all of themselves and and it's really hard to say no to that, um, uh, but in terms of, you know, 
being able to be an artist and uh, what I think of, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing, I, I, it's hard to not do this. Like, yeah, I'm not, I won't be able to use Ukrainian Cowboy or Cold War Spy, which is the B-side, which is doing really well right now, but, um, which is like, that makes me sad, you know, because they remember you in, in one way, you're branded in mm-hmm. a certain way and mm-hmm. you can't ever change. So that's just the irony of it all. Yeah, I guess back in the 80s, you were forced to be corporate, basically. And then after that, you were able to do artistically what you wanted to do. You had the freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, this record, I mean, this record, they actually never heard. uh, It was going to be my third record on Elektra. And uh, and then they... uh, they uh, re- they freed me from the roster. I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, yeah, and uh, but that's actually uh, that's actually the best thing that ever happened to me in my whole career is wow. being dropped by Electra, because I I just went on I went off road uh, uh, completely, and um, it's it's been a real. Uh, it's been a real adventure um, musically for me, and I've loved it. You know, I think I think if I had, had to keep doing '80s music all this time, I, they would have had to commit me into, with a straitjacket. You know, <laughs> some horrible place. I couldn't do it. I just no, I know I can't, not anymore. But when we were almost going to do this show, uh, this '80s show, the first one with Johnny Lydon and the Bangles and the mm-hmm. Romantics, all these really fun bands, you know, and um, I kind of fell back in love with the 80s songs that I had walked away from. I totally mm-hmm. didn't do, I didn't even do He Could Be The One or Johnny Are You Queer. I didn't do mm-hmm. those in my sets. And uh, uh, and now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of loving singing those songs again. But, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it all gels together. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. See if I can like balance this uh, these two different worlds. It, it's almost like you reinvented yourself, or at least people are finding you again because of this. Yeah, rhythm, and it's, it, it's really neat. It's really fun. It's the first mm-hmm. time. I think it's the first time in my whole career I've ever felt like I had the wind at my back. Mm-hmm. You know that I had that that the world was cheering me on and I wasn't having to fight, you know, through the jungle with the machete, like, you know, for, for, you know, just one breath of air. I just, it just, it's been such a fight, you know, um, uh, you know, well, having done Johnny, are you queer? It was, it it made a lot of people pretty upset, you know, like, uh, it, it was, it was not a, always an easy, um, uh, you know, cross to bear, uh, you know, but, um, uh, now it's, it's, it seems, uh, it seems like it's my time. It just feels like I'm, I'm supposed to be right here right now. And, um, people seem really happy I'm back. Well, the universe is on your side now. All the stars are together <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm a so I grew up, you know, 70s, 80s myself, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm a feminist, and I always try to support women out there that are making music because it's hard. Yeah, it's um, I it's I think it's it's better now, but yeah, that's always been my my issue: the feminism and and the animals. I mean, those are my two things that that I 
I would I would die on those hills. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I hear you. Those, yeah. So those are those are the things. You know, people come to me sometimes and they think, "Don't you want to donate to this natural disaster?" Blah blah blah. Was, people are like, "Home." I said, "I'm sorry. I just I'm I." The animals <laughs> before I, I. Some people are born to want to help certain groups, and for me, it's always like I'm just trying to do, you know, something for the animals and for women, and that's and that's where my heart is. You're listening to Rock at Night.